The Miami Hurricanes are one of the top two betting favorites to win the ACC. Here's what it's actually going to take for the Canes to finally win the conference. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So for the ACC this year, and guys, 11 days away from the Canes opening up the season. We're going to start making sure we continue the countdown every single episode. We're going to go from 11 down to 1 down to 0 because we're going to have game day content on this channel. So 11 days away from the Hurricanes playing football games that actually count. As far as winning the conference this year, the Clemson Tigers are the betting favorite at minus 125. They're actually a hefty favorite. The Hurricanes then are next in line at plus 550. And then you've got NC State at plus 750. So Miami's a contender, folks. Miami is a contender to win the conference this year. And so far, fall camp to this point, start of the Mario Cristobal era, is giving me a really good idea on how Miami is reinforcing some of their strengths, maybe turning some question marks into strengths. And yeah, it's giving us a better idea of what Miami's weaknesses are. And I will tell you, the Hurricanes, I believe, have fewer weaknesses than I expected they would heading into Cristobal's first camp. We're not really going to see proof of that until September 17th, which is the first serious game that the Hurricanes play. That'll be week three when they travel to Texas A&M. But um, here's my take before we get to some of you guys' takes on – what has to happen for the Hurricanes to win the conference? Miami will win the Atlantic Coast Conference if clear first answer on the board is if they find consistency at wide receiver. I honestly think that could be the difference, guys. I think that could be the difference between winning the conference or maybe barely winning the Coastal or not even winning the Coastal. If they can find consistency at wide receiver, I think that could be Miami's Achilles heel. If they can get the Hurricanes at least two reliable, legitimate targets, like you know, last year they had Rambo and Harley. If the Hurricanes can see at least two legitimate wide receiver targets emerge and a good supporting cast who can make some plays, then I think the Hurricanes can score points at will. I expect at least one of Miami's three tight ends to be a reliable playmaker this year, if not more than one. Uh, at the wide receiver core, I do expect the starting slot receiver, Xavier Restrepo, because he's been the most consistent, reliable guy throughout fall camp. I think he's going to be reliable throughout the year. So we need at least one other to step up on the outside and have a big year out of that wide receiver core, okay? Um, you know, you look at some of the candidates for that. Brashard Smith is having a really good fall camp. Mario Cristobal talked about Brashard popping throughout the last couple of weeks in camp. And in the case of Brashard Smith, technically he plays the same exact position as Xavier Restrepo, so they need, a, they need to find a way to get both of those guys on the field at once, okay? 
Uh, Jacoby George is definitely capable, physically capable of being that guy to step up. Keyshawn Smith made some big plays last year. Frank Ladson, who transferred in from Clemson. It seems like he's been a little bit inconsistent, but you know, this is a guy with ton of experience, championship experience, having played with the Clemson Tigers. Um, so yeah, we really need, I'm expecting at least one tight end to step up. I'm expecting Xavier Restrepo to step up. I believe the Hurricanes need another consistent big time target in order to truly contend for the ACC. Because yeah, if Tyler Van Dyke is making big time, big league NFL style throws, and these guys are dropping passes consistently, that's going to hurt Miami's chances to surpass the likes of Clemson or the likes of North Carolina state to win the conference. So practice going on this morning, Tuesday morning at green tree, my colleague from sports illustrated, Luke Cheney uh, out at practice this morning. And he noted that Michael Redding, the third, one of Miami's wide receivers made a fantastic catch. He says on a deep corner route, you love to see that you love to hear that. And admittedly, some people have said this to us in the comments, Michael Redding, is someone we don't talk enough about this show because he could be one of those candidates potentially to step up and have a big year. I had a chance to speak to Mr. Redding a few weeks ago at Hurricanes Media Day, and I loved his attitude. I loved what I heard from him. So, yeah, if he can make more catches in games like the one that he just made at practice today, that's going to be a really big thing. He's having a good fall camp. So the number one thing for me, folks, the number one thing for me, Miami will win the ACC if they can find consistency from their wide receiver core. Now, let's take a look at the defense. This is, of course, a big one, given what they did and what they didn't do last year defensively. Miami needs to tackle consistently. So that's a characteristic. I think just purely based on defensive personnel, Miami's got really good playmaking ability at all three levels. The defensive line is really blessed with enough depth quality depth they can rotate and keep fresh um you know the linebacking core not nearly as deep okay but Caleb Johnson I think is going to be the savior of that linebacking core uh Wayman Steed I think is going to step up and be a starter again Chase Smith is having a good camp you know there are some players doing nice things in that linebacking core and really you're oftentimes only going to have two true linebackers on the field you know with the star position so I mean, Miami doesn't have to be as deep, I don't think, as linebackers as they do at certain other spots. But when we talk about the tackling and just Miami's defensive prowess, uh, this is a really good stat that was shared by David Lake from Inside the U. He says, UM's defense was an inconsistent problem in 2021, allowing 28.2 points per game last year, which ranked 82nd overall in the country. That's got to be better. That's bottom half of the country, guys. He says in their five losses, Miami allowed 37 points per game. Woof. <laughs> so I think as far as that overall number goes of points given up per game, uh, if they can cut that down into the low 20s, at least, I, I think that's where you want to be. Like if you can shave seven points about a touchdown off of that 28.2 points per game, I think you're definitely winning the Coastal and you're probably winning about 10 games and contending for the ACC if you can do that. And it really just comes down to execution, right? Because Miami's got the horses in the defensive secondary. I think Miami has enough at linebacker to survive, especially if the defensive line is disruptive. That's going to make life so much easier on the linebackers. And we're seeing all the signs that the defensive line is being 
disruptive. And people ask all the time, hey, Dono, if the defensive line is doing well in practice, doesn't that just mean the offensive line might be bad because it's Miami versus Miami? Uh, I really don't think that's the case. I think it's it's truly um, a situation we're in right now through fall camp. And this is going to be validated during the season, of course. So don't take my word for it now. Take my word for it a month from now, all right? But I think we're seeing signs in fall camp that the offensive line is making progress and the defensive line is making progress because the O-line really, really well coached. And everyone who's talked about them to me, players, coaches, has described it as a unit that's actually playing as a unit. They're playing with unity and, you know, I think that certain transfer portal guys like Saga Palu and Dennis can help. And Miami's got some really good players on the O-line. Like, you've got players like Zion Nelson and Scaife and Clark Rivers who are getting preseason accolades. And uh, I think Miami's got the bodies. The difference with the O-line and the D-line is the offensive line doesn't have nearly as much depth. So I think that's one of the reasons why the defensive line is standing out so much more in practices is the offensive line can hang with them for a bit. But since the D-line is constantly rotating and Miami has starting caliber guys way down the depth chart on the D-line, they are able to wear the offensive line out. And I think that's something that could very well translate into the season. Maybe not as much against the Texas A&Ms and the Clemsons who have you know two of the better O-lines that they're going to face and can rotate a little bit more. But I think against a lot of teams around the country and in the conference, Miami's defensive line depth and constant rotation is going to create nightmares for opposing quarterbacks and opposing ball carriers. And it's going to make life a lot easier for Miami's linebackers and Miami's defensive backs. Okay. Um, you know, another factor, Miami wins the ACC. If Andy Borigalis becomes uh, the true bona fide top high school kicker that Miami was able to land a couple years ago in recruiting. You know, he was a true freshman last year and he was good. Like Andy Borgales was good. 45 of 45 on his extra points, 17 for 21 on his field goals. He can absolutely be one of the best kickers in the country moving forward. Missed a couple crucial kicks last year, but I think those can be tough spots for a true freshman, which is what he was a year ago. This guy's got the form. He's got the accuracy. He's got the technique. We know how good his older brother was, one of Luke Groza here, uh, and the younger brother who's on the team now, Andy, actually was a higher-touted recruit out of high school than older brother Jose was. So, you know, we've got to hope and assume that Andy Borgalis is truly one of the best kickers in the country this year uh, because over the years, plenty of times, you know, last year it happened, you know, we still have nightmares about Bubba Baxa from several years ago. Miami has lost some games just purely based on failures at field goal kicking. That can be the difference sometimes, guys, as we all know. So I think Andy Borgalis can definitely be an X factor there. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. So let's talk about the other top contenders in the Atlantic coast conference, obviously Clemson who are favored and you might see them twice this year. Cause you're going to see them November 19th in the regular season. You might still, regardless of the result of that game, you might still see them in the ACC championship game about two weeks after that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Clemson has a question mark at quarterback. It's go time, gut check time for DJ. We uh, but that team is loaded pretty much everywhere else and very deep on the defensive line. Uh, NC State, another team over in the Atlantic Division, so they'll be battling it out with Clemson. Uh, they've got a good team. They've got a solid team. Miami did beat them head-to-head -head last year. 
Devin Leary is my second favorite quarterback in the conference outside of Tyler Van Dyke. So NC State, great shape at the quarterback position. And they've got probably the best linebackers in the conference. So those are obviously the top two contenders. You know, you look at the Pitt Panthers who won it last year. I think that team, unfortunately for them, is just going to fall off a cliff this year. Uh, I don't think they'll repeat as coastal champions or as ACC champions after, you know, losing important players, including their NFL caliber quarterback, Kenny Pickett. They lost him to the NFL. They lost their top wide receiver in the transfer portal who went to USC and Jordan Addison. Uh, you know, maybe Pitt is still a threat. Uh, obviously, you want to beat them head to head. But, you know, I, I don't take them as seriously this year. And I'm also like, I'm not really considering Wake Forest to be a contender. They got to the championship game last year. Uh, I'm not really considering them to be a contender unless Sam Hartman can get back healthy sooner rather than later. Like he's out indefinitely. I don't know how long that's going to be. Uh, you know, indefinite could mean anything, right? With a non-football related health issue. Um, and, you know, North Carolina, I don't think they're nearly as good this year. Miami has struggled against them, so you want to take care of your business and beat them. Virginia, I think, is a sleeper with Brennan Armstrong at quarterback. And then, of course, on November 19th, we're going to find out if Miami can compete with Clemson. And if that is a preview of the ACC championship game, you definitely want to hang with them at Death Valley or beat them at Death Valley because if Miami gets blown out in that first game and then they play them again two weeks later, we're all going to be really nervous, sweating bullets, heading into that ACC championship game. So uh, I, I think Miami has a shot, and I think it helps that even though Clemson is heavily favored to win the conference, this is not your daddy's Clemson. Like This is not the Clemson of you know the Trevor Lawrence era. Uh, they've still recruited well, uh, but I don't believe they have the dominant quarterback. And I think Miami has closed the gap a little bit, right? We'll find out how much. But, you know, the last several times Miami faced Clemson, which were blowout city, I think the last three, four times that they faced one another, Miami just wasn't really too deep anywhere. And I, I believe the Hurricanes have much better depth and they're much better coached than they've been the last several times they faced Clemson. Because, yeah, when you go up against Clemson with – Al Golden or Manny Diaz coaching your team versus going up against Clemson with Mario and this all-star staff. Completely, completely different scenario. Uh, we're going to read some of you guys' responses because we threw this out there on Twitter at Locked on Canes. Uh, plus, we've got an update on the stadium proposal. Are the Miami Hurricanes going to be moving into their own football stadium in the near future? We'll talk about that after we talk about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for your sports wagering info from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. And, folks, we were just talking about Miami's odds to win the ACC plus 550. Yeah, you can check those out at Bet Online. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening now. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. The ultimate college football preview is here a seven episode preview with college experts. I'm one of them. I've already done uh, two of those episodes so far, guys. Local team experts and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, 
and wherever you get your podcasts. So I went out uh, to Twitter, and you can follow the show, by the way, at Locked on Canes. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Tweet us, and we'll probably respond and sometimes even read your tweets on the show. So I tweeted out, fill in the blank. The Miami Hurricanes can win the ACC if blank. First reply was from not sure. That's his username. I know, you know, it's not me saying I'm not sure. Not sure replied, if they become the opposite of what the Miami Hurricanes have been for the past 20 years, dependable. Ooh, sounds to me like that's been a coaching problem. So, you know, Miami's throwing a lot of money at their coaching staff. Highest paid head coach in the ACC, highest paid assistant coaching staff in the ACC. Uh, hopefully the old uh, motto, you get what you pay for, applies to this, right? Because becoming dependable, uh, I think that has a lot to do with coaching, okay? Uh, Caned Life says they win the ACC if the roster stays healthy. I'm not going to argue with that. National champion winners, conference championship winners are usually not only really good teams, but they're usually teams that have pretty good luck with the injury bug. So yeah, I can co-sign on that. Quasi writes, and okay, this is one of the folks who agrees with me. If the wide receivers make an impact ooh, to help the run game this year, that's a good one because you're right. The more balls they catch, the more it's going to open up for the Jalen Knightons and the Henry Parrishes and the Thad Franklins and the Devin Perrys of the world, and hopefully Don Chaney sooner than later. Please, please come back healthy. Marla writes, Hurricanes will win the ACC if the conference referees decide to finally stop demonstrating anti-UM bias. Folks, the globalists, the elites, they're conspiring against the Miami Hurricanes. I'll put my tinfoil hat on next time, guys. But yeah, listen, Miami's gotten no favors with calls over the years, totally. Rodney King writes, win the games they're favored in and really compete in games where they're underdogs. Uh, I think that's important. The only games, at least preseason odds-wise, this is all going to change week to week, right? But preseason odds... Miami is only an underdog in two games this year, and that's Texas A&M on the road and Clemson on the road. They are favored in every other game that they play in, including close to a double-digit favorite at home against Florida State, which I love. But, yeah, you've got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. If you beat the teams you're supposed to beat, what does that mean? Ten wins, right? If you beat the teams you're supposed to beat, even if you lose the other two, it's a ten-win regular season. You're in great shape. Mike writes, Tyler Van Dyke stays healthy and the wide receivers minimize drops. Amen. And obviously I always want Tyler Van Dyke to stay healthy, but I will say if for whatever reason he doesn't Jake Garcia, you could still win with him. Honestly, like the hurricanes are in great shape at backup quarterback, but you know, TVD I think is a cut above, but you don't lose a whole lot. If anything with Jake Garcia, he's really good. Uh, Gary Dayu writes in if they can catch and tackle. Boom. <laughs> you know, I could have made the first 13 minutes of this episode a lot quicker if I just said Miami Hurricanes will win the ACC if they can catch and if they can tackle. Like, he he basically did my 13-minute opening monologue in three seconds. That's very well done, Gary. Uh, Zila Gonzo writes in, if our receivers do TVD a justice and actually catch the football, amen. Terrence writes in, the defense plays at a high level. Yeah, we talked about it. The defense has the horses. They just didn't have the execution last year, leading the nation in missed tackles. That's not the stat you want to lead anything in. You want to lead the nation in made tackles, not missed tackles. 
Uh, 513 Kane writes in, they'll win the conference if they beat Clemson. You may have to beat them twice. That won't be easy. <laughs> to beat Clemson twice in the same year? If so, we start chiseling that Mario Cristobal statue if they beat Clemson twice in the same season. That would be awesome. Uh, Zach writes in, Hurricanes will win the ACC if they make Locked on Canes their first listen every single day. We love it. Uh, BP writes, if they embrace Mario and the staff's demand and culture. That's that's actually a, a really good one. And so far, so good. Um, it's, it's a constant process, guys. When it comes to embracing that culture, this staff has them not only working harder in the allotted practice times, but they are really strongly encouraged to be doing more workout-wise on their own time, conditioning-wise. And I think most of the players have taken to that and really taken it to heart because they don't want to be left out, right? If you see how hard your teammates are working and how hard guys who are competing for the same roster spots as you are working, you're going to want to step up your game to compete with that. And, you know, they have these players taking more snaps, just running more plays and practices because they're doing it at a breakneck pace. You know, in the two scrimmages that they've had, they've they ran over 120 plays in both of those, which is an astounding volume of plays. Uh, and that also means to run things that quickly, you have to internalize your assignments better than they have in recent years because you don't have a whole lot of time to think and adjust to things. So, um, yeah, yeah, listen. And again, we're going to say this a thousand times before September 3rd. You know, we're actually going to see how this translates to success in games that count. But uh, there have been some positive signs in fall camp. No question about it. Outside of too many drops, there's been a lot of positives in fall camp. Um, let's see. Uh, Big E54 says, if everyone stays healthy, yes. Cuban Kane says, if we have a top 10 defense and offensive line. Uh, I think the defensive line could be that, honestly. And some of it's going to be X factors, like how big of a jump does Leonard Taylor take this year? Because I think he he has the potential to be a monster. You know, how big of an impact does Nigel Lee Kelly have as a true freshman? Because Nigel Leak has looked like a just an athletic freak so far in camp. You know, he's not even 18 years old yet. Can he do that consistently in games? And there's a lot of other good players, Akeem Mesador on the defensive line, a lot of really solid transfers. Um, let's see, uh, Ariel Marin writes in receivers play well and other groups play as expected. Um, we got, we got a couple snarky responses, which I love Sloan Dave writes in, they'll win the ACC. If they win the ACC championship game, boom, I'm now smarter after hearing that. And David writes, they'll win the ACC. If hell freezes over. <laughs> when I saw that tweet, I assumed he must be a Florida state fan or something, but He's got the word Canes in his Twitter name, so I, I'm guessing he's just like a negative case. If hell freezes over, they'll win the ACC. But you know what? 18 years in the conference, they haven't won it yet. Maybe he's right. Maybe it will take hell freezing over to, uh, to finally accomplish that. Another quick note from practice that we didn't talk about uh, from today's practice, Tuesday's practice. Susan Miller-Degnan from the Miami Herald reported that uh, Zion Nelson is not out there today, so I guess he's not quite back yet. We are expecting Miami starting left tackle to be back full go in practice very soon. Today apparently was not that day, but it still sounds to me like Zion Nelson is ahead of schedule, right? Because I know that 
you know, when at media day a few weeks ago, when he was seen wearing like, uh, I, I don't know if I'm getting this term wrong, but like an air cast, whatever it was that he was wearing after his arthroscopic surgery, he had something on his leg. I know I'm going to screw up the medical terminology, but that everyone was like, oh, is this guy going to be ready for Texas A&M? It seems like he will be. He'll probably be ready even before the Texas A&M game uh, week three. When we come back, we've got to talk about those stadium renderings the Ruiz family Johnny Ruiz the son John Ruiz the father they have dropped stadium renderings for Tropical Park are the Miami Hurricanes going to be getting their own football stadium and do you guys want them to get their own football stadium keep it locked to Locked on Canes thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today we are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube uh, so for those listening, I'm going to describe this for those who are watching the video version of this, you're going to see this cause I'm going to share it on my screen. Uh, so that is the new rendering that Johnny Ruiz tweeted out today. And John Ruiz has also been talking about this. He says, uh, in the caption, welcome to Miami, go Canes. And that this was uh, drawn up by HKS architects who are designing this project okay so you're you're looking at this folks this is um and these artist renderings are getting like the computer detail it almost looks like you're looking at a photograph you're obviously not these are computer generated uh renderings here uh so they want to build the ruiz family wants to help bankroll this they want to build the university of miami football team their own stadium at tropical park which is Bird Road off the Palmetto Expressway. Um, John Ruiz was tweeting out like a Google Maps thing this morning where he says it's a, a seven-minute drive from the UM campus over to this proposed Tropical Park Stadium. And he also mentioned something's interesting. I, I don't, I've never heard of this, that Miami might be thinking about actually expanding their campus beyond the main site, and they might actually have part of their campus in classrooms actually at Tropical Park where they want to put this stadium. So then I guess you could technically say it's an on-campus stadium if part of your campus is on the stadium grounds. That would be kind of a workaround for that. Um, it, and this, by the way, is for a 60,000-seat stadium that you're looking at. And yeah, the renderings, renderings look beautiful as they usually do. Uh, so we're looking at this photo here on the left. You can see three decks of seats. Uh, what looks like a canopy overhead, like the type of canopy they have at Hard Rock Stadium. But then John Ruiz did claim that it's going to be a retractable roof. So, uh, and we're going to talk about this a little bit, how these renderings maybe are not meant to be taken literally, that this is more artistic than it is structural. Like these are not blueprints. An artist made this, not necessarily an architect, even though it does come from an architectural firm. Um, obviously if there is a retractable roof, that would be really nice to have for lightning, right? Because we've had lightning delays over the years, sometimes hour long, two hour long lightning delays. So that would be nice. Um, they've got, they've got, as you can see here on the left, palm trees actually inside the stadium in the corner there that give it more of a Miami feel. I hope that doesn't obstruct anyone's view though. If you're sitting like right behind them, I'm sitting behind a palm tree. I paid 200 bucks for my seats and there's a palm tree right in front of me. So maybe that won't be right in front of the seat there. Uh, it's got an open end and it's a rounded bowl shape, kind of like what the orange bowl used to have. 
And so here are a couple things that the stadium is missing. And this is why I'm going to assume that we can't take this literally. Like this is not a blueprint, right? Um, there are no press boxes. There are no suites visible. So like you can't build a stadium in the 2020s without having suites. And you obviously can't not have press boxes. There don't seem to be any video boards either, which, of course, you need to have for any stadium that you build. So I'm guessing that those things were left out of the renderings just for artistic choice and not for anything else. And again, anytime there's a stadium update for Miami football getting their own stadium, the debate rages on on Hurricanes Twitter. Do we need this? Do we not need this? Are the students really even going to show up? And then. I think a lot of folks who are big time Hurricanes fans in Broward County and Palm Beach County who drive down to games on the regular at Hard Rock Stadium, that's a relatively easy drive to make. It's a relatively easy stadium to get to from all three counties where Tropical Park would not be. Like it'd be very more. I mean, if you love the Canes, you're still going to find a way to get there, but it'd be more difficult for the Broward and Palm Beach people to get down there. So is there even enough benefit? to moving out of Hard Rock Stadium, which is a world-class facility. It's going to be hosting World Cup games in 2026, national championship game that same year. It hosts Formula One races now, the Miami Open tennis tournament every year. Uh, Super Bowls have been played there and will be played there again in the future. So is it even worth it? Um, guys, I'm cool either way, okay? Now, I do live in Dade County, at least right now, so you know maybe this would be a little bit easier to get to for me but I'm trying not to think about it selfishly. I do think there is benefit to having your own stadium and not sharing a stadium or renting a stadium from an NFL team. I think there is benefit to having your own building. I just don't know if that benefit outweighs how awesome Hard Rock Stadium is. So we can debate this more coming up, guys. Thank you so much for watching and listening today. I want to remind you, friends, Make Locked On ACC your second listen. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts take you around the conference in under 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. Thank you for making us your first. We will talk to you again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Canes. We are part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.